It is possible to be thankful every moment, every day. It, it takes practice and humility. It takes vision and ability. It takes practice and humility. It takes vision and ability. Hi, and welcome back to Tell Me What Happened, the podcast that features real people from all walks of life talking about childhood experiences that have impacted them even to this very day as an adult. I'm your host, Jay Rehack. And like you, I've had my share of childhood experiences that continue to be a part of my life. Some of them good, some of them not so good. Still, I'd like to believe that by telling these stories and hearing these stories, we get to know each other just a little bit better. Tell Me What Happened is sponsored by Sideline Inc. Publishing, publishers of quality books, including Scott Suma's timely Don't Act Like the President. Available on Amazon.com or wherever quality books are sold. Tell Me What Happened is also sponsored by LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com and record your laughter. We'll keep it for you now and forever. It's free and your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and many people you even know right now will appreciate it. That's LaughSaver.com. Today I have as my guest a great friend of mine, a great educational leader. She is the longest-serving Chicago public school principal, Dr. Joyce Kenner. Welcome, Dr. Kenner, and thank you for being on the show. You are so welcome. It's my honor uh, to be on the show and share my childhood story uh, with with the listening audience. So I'm just going to jump right into my story And my story really is about how I grew up. I am one of a triplet. I have an identical twin sister and a brother, and then I have an older sister. My parents were 20 years old, my mom and 18, my dad, when they had the triplets. So you could imagine, just think about it, if you were 18 years old, you are now responsible for four young people and a wife, and what that looked like. My mom said that my dad, after we were born, he left for a couple of days and they did not see him, um, trying to figure out how do I support this family. So eventually, my parents decided at a very, very young age to open record stores. And it was called Jimmy's Records and Gifts, And eventually they were able to open three locations. But I vividly remember the first location. It was on Broadway Avenue. I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Uh, It was a big deal back then to open up a record store because at that time we were playing records, vinyl records on record players and people would come into the record store and obviously ask for a particular record. We also sold tickets to events. And so back then in the day, the big hits, uh, people who came into the record store uh, were artists like James Brown, we, the, the uh, Jackson Five, although they didn't come into the record store, we sold tickets for that event. And we were actually able through the promoter to get backstage passes to at least see the Jackson Five. 
We weren't introduced to them, but we were backstage uh, watching them prepare to go on stage. We sold tickets to Aretha Franklin, uh, the Supremes, Evelyn Champagne King. And I think those of you who, who are my age, and I'm 64 years of age, would know who those artists are. But that is really what helped shape my uh, life as a professional and as a human being. Believe it or not, I started at 11 years old um, back in the late 60s when they first opened up the record stores. My oldest sister was 14 years old. And believe it or not, my parents trained us to handle those record stores at that very young age. They would not leave us often, but they would leave us to man the stores while they ran their errands or what uh, it might be. And I just remember vividly people walking into the store and them asking for specific records. But what they would say was, you guys, do you have a record that goes da-da-da? And I'm saying in my mind as an 11-year-old, what are they talking about? My brother was better at trying to identify the records than we were, but believe it or not, people would walk into the store and ask for <laughs> records by just two or three notes. It was amazing that we were able to address their particular uh, needs at that time. But it shaped my life by being able to interact uh, with people, understanding that the customer really was right all the time. And it just, it just was a great experience um, that, that, we, that we had at the record stores or in the record stores. I, I spoke to my sister today, one of the triplet sisters today, and she said, I told her about the podcast and she said, Joyce, don't forget to tell them about making change. And she is, she, today, uh, she, she majored in mathematics in college, but today she is a CFO of a school district. And I really believe one of the reasons that my sister is a CFO is because of the experiences at the record store. And she said, don't forget to tell them, we learned to count change back in the day. And now they use computers to count the change, but in our mind, we would calculate what the change needed to be when people gave us monies to purchase their various items. And, and to us, that was a big thing. Right now, to us, young people don't know how to count because they rely on their cell phones or their computers to add. But that, that impacted her and obviously um, that shaped her life. Me interacting with, with the customer and understanding what their needs were, I think that shaped my life and it shaped what I am doing today. I think the students and the faculty at st and staff at Whitney Young are my customers and I need to do everything that I possibly can to ensure that their needs are being met on a daily basis. And my parents sold jewelry in the record stores as well, and people would come in there and say, I want this piece of jewelry, or I want that piece of jewelry. And we would change the clips of the earrings to non-purist ears, and so we would have this utensil that you'd have to use to change the earrings. 
And I know some of you, again, who grew up, when I grew up, uh, understand that you had pierced earrings and non-pierced earrings. And my, uh, my parents just sold a lot of those items in order to survive and, and support our families. That record store was very, very successful on Broadway. And they opened a second store on Salem Avenue. And then the major accomplishment for two black people at that young age, they opened a store downtown. So could you imagine a black person at their early ages in the 30s opening up a record store in the downtown area of Dayton? It was a huge deal for them to be able uh, to open that. And so customers would come in by the droves. Uh, my parents were able to support our family very, very well by those three stores. Uh, and at one point we had all three stores and we were trying to manage those three stores as a family. My sister might've been at one, uh, my, my, my brother might've been at one and then I might've been at the third store. And in all the summers, we had jobs. Could you imagine back in the early 70s when I was in high school, they paid us $100 a week, which was a lot of money for a high school student back in the early 70s. So I remember, you know, we were very money conscious. My father was money conscious. I, I would buy Louis Vuitton purses as a sophomore junior in high school, and honestly, not bragging, but I wouldn't think anything about it. I worked hard, I was very focused, very frugal about my dollars, but I also liked nice things. And so I, I would save some money, and then I would spend some money, uh, and that's what our parents taught us, always have money for a rainy day, and that also helped shape my life today. So I have money for a rainy day, uh, I spend a little bit, I save a little bit, but I do treat myself every now and then, and I still buy uh, nice purses. I had a great childhood growing up, growing up with young parents who could relate uh, to us and understand what we were going through as young people and being able to interact with us. But those record stores obviously taught us how to count money, how to interact with people, how to deal with those people who were stars and not when they came into the record shop, not having Google eyes and like, oh my God, here comes James Brown. You know, those kinds of things we learned when those people came through the record store. We were taught to be professionals at a young age. They would come in with huge entourages and sometimes they would have to get the police to stand in the parking lot to make sure that they controlled the crowds. And back in the day, the artists would sit behind one of our counters in the record store and they would actually sign autographs and the line would be around the record store and we would have to maintain order. We'd have to, as young people, quiet the audience and say, hey, your time is coming. We'll only be a few minutes. They're still signing autographs, but you'll be able to sign your autograph. Obviously, things have changed over time. Kmart 
built a store right next to our second store on Salem Avenue. So you could imagine what that did to the mom and pop business. I think we lasted probably three or four years after Kmart built next to us, but we as a small black business could not compete with a Kmart because you could go to Kmart, buy your clothes, buy your albums, and then cassette tapes came in before we started selling cassette tapes. And that really was the end of Jimmy's record stores as we knew it when cassette tapes came in. So that is my story. That is what impacted my life, what molded me as a human being. And right now at Whitney Young, I really try to be a great leader. I try to listen to what people are asking me. I've been principal at Whitney Young for 26 years, been at Whitney Young for 31 in totality. And there is a reason for me being there and I just think that our record shops and my parents, my mom and my dad, shaped me to become the person that I have become today. Again, it's my honor to do this podcast, and I hope that you learned a little bit about Joyce Kenner, principal of Whitney M. Young Magnet High School. Thank you. That was great, Doc. I, I, I just have one question for you. If your parents had had quadruplets instead of triplets, would they have had four record stores? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that they had three record stores because it was triplets. Um, three record stores was enough we could handle. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if they would have opened a fourth store. Three stores were, were an awful lot back then in which we tried to maintain all three of those. All right. Well, thank you. It was a great, uh, it is great to learn more about you. From now on, every time I go to a teacher faculty meeting, when I go to a faculty meeting, I'm going to imagine you as an 11 year old sort of taking control of everything, you know, depending who's there. Because I know one of the things that you've, you know, is that you, there are different types of people and you, you're a master at uh, being able to look at people as, James Brown or not James Brown, just uh, good people or whatever. Yeah, you know, you know we, we, we would have boosters to come in that were selling hot items. We would have drug addicts to come in the record store. We would have rich people to come in the record store. We would have average below. It, it did not matter. They were coming in to purchase records and they were not coming in to solidify a friendship or a relationship. And so in my mind, everybody was the same, and I try to treat everybody at Whitney Young the same. So I think maybe that's where I got the way that I deal with people. Maybe I got it from those experiences. All right. Well, thank you very much. Again, it's been an honor to, to listen to you, Doc. I always like to learn more about you. You're welcome. You have a good day. Thanks. Well, that's our show. I'd like to thank Dr. Kenner again for coming on the show and telling us her story. I'd also like to thank our sponsors, Sidelining Publishing, as well as LaughSaver.com. Visit LaughSaver.com to record your laughter. It's free on your grandchildren and your friends, and everybody you'll know will appreciate it. That's LaughSaver.com. Now, before I say goodbye, I'd like to remind you that we're going to end this show, as we often do, with Susan Salador's classic, Every Moment, Every Day. Ask Alexa to play Susan Salador. 
So until next time, this is Jay Rehack asking you all to stay safe out there and try not to hurt anybody. It is possible to be thankful every moment, every day. It, it takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It takes possible to be wisdom to see it every day. It takes practice and humility. It takes vision and civility. It is possible to be thankful every day. It takes practice and humility, it takes vision and civility, it takes practice and the wisdom to see it as civility, it takes practice and the wisdom to see it as civility, it takes beauty and the wisdom to see it everywhere. It is possible to be thankful every moment, every day.